audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I've been in the ministry for many years and there are odd occasions when I get that anonymous hate mail. You know, somebody's got something to say about me or about my ministry and so they write me a letter, sometimes a five-page letter, but they don't sign it. They don't let me know who it's from. Well, over the years, of course, I've learned to go to the end of the letter before I start at the beginning and see whether someone has signed it. Because if they haven't signed it, then what's the point of me responding to it? Who? How can I respond to it if I don't know who to respond to? Is that the way that God works? I mean, I'm sure there are many areas in my life that need to be adjusted, but does God do it anonymously and maliciously like that? No, He places us in mutually edifying relationships within the body of Christ. Often in the New Testament, we come across that phrase, one another. God places us in relationships where we can build each other up. Friend, do you have somebody like that in your life, somebody that cares enough about you to speak the truth in love. If you do, treasure that person. They are a real friend. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Yeah, this week we're looking at how do you cope with criticism. And welcome, Ken. Yesterday you said that anyone uh, God uses has to learn how to cope with criticism. And you began sharing with us how Paul dealt with his critics, and he had them. You basically disregarded what they had to say about him. And you mentioned that criticism often says more about the critic than the one that's actually being criticised. And, of course, those who criticised Paul were carnal. Now, does all that mean that Paul was unaccountable? Good point. Uh, Of course, it's not a matter of not being accountable, but who we are accountable to. Is a wonderful verse from the book of Proverbs. It says, Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed, and faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Mm. Now, underline that word friend, because there is a place for accountability to others, but it comes out of mutually edifying relationships. You know, it's reciprocal. Uh, we give and we receive because we're in a relationship of trust and confidence, and we know that. Each person in this relationship wants the best for the other person. Mm. Uh, there's another proverb that says, iron sharpens iron. You know, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And so constructive criticism flows out of a heart of love. That is a heart that wants the best for you. Now, if you have a friend who gives you constructive criticism, I would say, you're very blessed indeed because that's one of the things that's going to just keep us balanced and, and you know, give, provide those checks and balances that we all need in life. You know, another proverb, it says, he who rebukes a man will find more favor afterwards than he who flatters with a tongue. Uh, you know, in the city where I pastor, Phil, there's this guy that um, he pops into church about once or twice a year. When he does so, he usually sidelines someone and just gives them an ear bashing. You know, you see him really getting stuck into this one and then, into that one. He usually, he's usually criticizing me, criticizing the church, criticizing what we're preaching. And you sort of get the impression that he's the only one that's flying the flag for Jesus. He's the last remaining authentic Christianity on planet Earth. You know, the sort so, of person. So how is your assistant pastor going? <laughs> Good point. Uh, I don't have an assistant pastor. <laughs> you got the sack. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> no, not really. 
But uh, then, then this guy just sort of turned up at one of our home groups unannounced, and he did the same thing there. He just let both barrels go and uh, gave them all a blasting and then shot out the door as quickly as he came in yeah. and left our people sort of reeling. Now, now when he'd gone, they said, look, if he comes back next week, we'll answer his criticism this way, this way, this way, this way, and this way. But you know what? He never came back. That's not the way God works. You know, this hit and run mentality. God places us in, as I say, these relationships that are reciprocal, that are mutually edifying, where we can build up one another in the love of God. I think we all really appreciate people who shoot straight and have the right motive. Yeah. Um, I love it actually here at the radio station. We often get people who will so politely criticize. They'll, they'll say, I really love what you guys do and... You know, but there's this one thing and, and yeah. so on. You know, and I love that actually because they are those friends. You don't want to be necessarily the friends that we, you know, know intimately, but they are friends of the radio station. Yeah. And they have the right heart and they get it. Whereas there's a lot of people who will just want to say their piece and get it off their chest and yeah. have their own satisfaction out of having that little gripe and then move on. And uh, that's not the kind of person you're talking about here, is it? No, that's right. I suppose then the, the big difference between a critic who does want to knock you down, like the guy you just mentioned, and the critic who's your friend, mm. who wants to build you up, is their motive. So why are people criticising us? What are their goals? They're the kind of questions we should be asking ourselves. And, and yesterday you mentioned that Jesus said uh, about seeing the speck in somebody else's eye and, and being unaware of the plank in our own. We'd all be familiar with that story. People must be looking so intently for some dirt to be able to notice that little speck. Yeah. And talking about Jesus, Phil, um, of course, he often was criticized. I think we can learn from the way that he handled criticism. Um, you remember there was a time when uh, they came to him in a little group and they said, now, by what authority are you doing these things? Yeah. And Jesus said, well, I'll ask you a question. In other words, I, I see you're into accountability. Well, I trust that means mutual accountability. I'll ask you a question, and if you answer me, then I'll answer you. He said, uh, the baptism of John. Now, was that from God or was that from man? So they got in a little huddle, you know, and said, well, I don't say, you know, because if we say it's of God, he'll say, then why didn't you believe him? Mm. But if we say if it's of man, then, well, they feared an uproar with the people. So they came back to Jesus and said, we can't tell you. He said, well, neither do I tell you by what authority <laughs> I'm doing these things. I love the way Jesus did that. He often answered a question with a question. Yeah. And obviously it didn't, you know, that criticism didn't get to him. Yeah. He knew how to answer them. And I think also he was, he was underlining this thing of, well, let's have mutual accountability. You know, it's not one-way traffic here. And uh, uh, I, I think one of the questions I ask people is, um, you know, when, when, when they ask me to give account to them, to whom I'm not accountable, mm. you know, because I am accountable, but not to everyone out there, uh, the first reason, the question I ask is, well, give me a good reason why I should be interested in your judgment to start with. You know, as Paul says <laughs> to me, it's a, it's a small thing that I should be judged by you. What gave you the impression that I actually was interested in your opinion? What sort of response do you get when you throw that back? Um, one of just blank, you know, disbelief. But but what's even more startling is is the second question. When I say, well, I see that you believe in accountability to one another. Now, name three people who regularly speak into your life and tell me three things in your life that were wrong, that they've pointed out to you and that you've adjusted recently. Mm. That leaves them in uh, more of a jaw-dropping <laughs> scenario. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Let's get back to Paul for a minute. What else yeah. can we can we learn from the way that he handled criticism? Well, another thing Paul tells us is that he exercised self-evaluation. You know, he said, I know nothing about myself or against myself. See, God gives us a conscience, and Paul said, well, 
he was not aware of having violated that conscience. I've got a conscience and it's not reporting negative to, negatively to me about anything, you know. Now, ultimately, of course, it's our core. It's our, our lives, our conscience. And so the first thing to ask about criticism is, is it true? Mm. What these people are saying, is it true? Not is it fair or is it nice, but is it true? And learn to receive criticism through the filter of self-evaluation. Because if you don't, you may be controlled or even destroyed by your critic. Yeah. So let's just reflect or recap a little bit on what we've said so far. Our friends are more reliable than our critics. Okay, so, you know, critics, you know, uh, there are many of them, and they'll, they'll hurl what somebody called these volleys from the valley at you. They're down there in the valley. You're climbing the mountain, and they'll throw stones at you. And like you said about the crab, you know, try to pull you down. Um, don't let them do that, because you've got friends, you've got people that God has placed you in relationship with. Listen to them more carefully. But even greater than your friends, God has given you a conscience. He's given you that ability to be able to evaluate what's being said and to truthfully come to a conclusion about: Is it something that needs to be adjusted? Or is it wrong? Is it maybe misguided Mm. criticism? A very practical study this week on coping with criticism. And we'll have more for you tomorrow. Until then, remember you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book What's Eating You, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.